0: Well, happy Father's Day, great to see you all, and I am so thankful for what the Lord is doing in the earth, and that we get to be a part of that. We've been talking about spiritual wellness, and we're going to spend one more week in this particular season beyond today. Um, And I want to invite you, next week I'm going to bring a little bit of a challenging paradigm. I want to ask you in all sincerity, would you please take some time this week to pray that all of us would hear with clarity what God's desiring to say in a day when um, social agendas and community, you know, all kinds of perspectives of the world are screaming for our attention we really need to hear the Lord so I'm going to address a little bit of a hot-button issue a week from today I actually had somebody ask me right before I've got people that are asking me you know why don't pastors talk about um, these political issues and these social issues and, and I, I want you to know that number one we will never become a cause-centered church We won't do that because we are supposed to be a christ-centered church there are a lot of worthy causes out there but different people have different viewpoints on different perspectives of those causes and uh, i'm not interested in trying to align as a republican church or as a democrat church or as an independent church or as a political church or as you know i'm just not interested in that i want to be a jesus church how about you that's what god's called us to be now you ought to all celebrate that a little more than that Uh, but I am going to step into a a bit of a conversation one week from today uh, that I feel like is a really necessary conversation and probably a month ago I did this as well in another uh, area of alignment and so I'll explain it all next week as we get into that but uh, I shared it a little bit at Tuesday morning prayer and the eyebrows started raising and um, some people are a little nervous and now you're really curious So I hope you'll be back next week. Happy Father's Day. Let's stay focused on Father's Day today. True treasure of the kingdom is revealed when we walk with our Heavenly Father. Uh, Are you spiritually well? You know, that's been our whole emphasis. Are you spiritually well It's been so great, and to be honest with you, when we started into this season, I was not planning just to bring total focus on the Sundays that I've been speaking in this to the whole orphan thing. It's just been so uh, prevailing in in all of it. And so it's kind of beautiful that we're coming to a landing strip with this and we're seeing the lights as we're gonna land in this season on Father's Day. And so we'll have one more uh, week together next week as we focus on that, and then we step into July the 4th the table. It's the revelation of the table. I I want you to know, I don't don't want to get too lost in this this morning, but I do want you to know that God is desiring to bring some transformation to the body of Christ in this next hour of the church. And we really need to be paying attention to that. Uh, We're working with a number of different leaders, movements. Uh, we're, We're very engaged and very involved internationally with movements that are taking place and realigning to the deeper purposes of God for this next season of the church and we're exploring what is that supposed to look like for us as a church family we don't want to try and be like somebody else but we're learning a lot from what God is saying Tracy and I were recently talking just about the conversation around the table and what the table really looks like in the ministry of the table and we thought, like, this was a new idea. Like, we thought this was, you know, God stirring this in our hearts. And now we've found all these pockets of churches and ministries and movements that are using the same language, just describing it all a little different way. How I many you know God is speaking something atmospherically to the body of Christ around the world? And I'm just telling you, he is going to transform the church from rooms full of consumers listening to a minister To rooms full of ministers listening to God. That is what's going to take place in the next season of the church. Why don't you just amen that and receive it? We're just receiving what God will grant in that direction. So, we want to commission you to be the ministers on July the 4th. You'll be able to get our um, message that morning, that weekend. It's going to be up before Sunday. You'll be able to, 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 around the table, Uh, we will not be in the building we will have somebody here for anybody who who shows up and have a time of ministry july 4th for anybody who does show up Uh, but the goal is not to get people into the building the goal is to get people around the table with your friends and your family this is a very brief message it gives an, an assignment an explanation A a brief layout of what we're talking about, and then commissions you just to have conversations around Scripture together. You don't have to be a master teacher to read something in the Bible and tell what you think it's talking about. And as you do that, how many believe the power of the Word probably is more powerful than we've allowed it to be because we felt like we needed to dress it up with all this inspirational rhetoric around the power of the Word to keep people engaged and coming back? I mean, come on, God's really wanting to do something where we'll have faith in the power of His transforming Word. So I I think you may be surprised what God's going to do around the table for your July 4th time, wherever that'll be, Lake House or whatever, and uh, we'll give you some more details on that next week. I will not leave you as orphans. Man, this weekend has just been profoundly significant to me as I've thought about what it is to celebrate my Father God in a way that I've never really even understood how to celebrate Father God because of this season of time where we've looked at what it means to be redeemed and adopted from orphans to sons and daughters. I mean, it's just helped me get the picture of this a little bit more. And Jesus said, John 14, I will not leave you as orphans. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And it's the Father's love that redeems and restores us. God is our teacher. Aren't you glad? God is our tower, our hope, our rock, our creator. He's so much more, so many things. But if he's not your father. If you've not experienced him as your father, you can experience him of all these other things, but if you've not experienced him as your father, then your relationship with God is distorted. And you need to understand this. Jesus is specifically saying, I'll not leave you as orphans. You're going to know the father's love. You need to know the father's love. And if you don't get that, then your relationship with God will forever be distorted until we meet him one day and learn more about what that is. Now, I'm fully aware that on Father's Day, we're, we're, we're navigating through circumstances and situations that are beyond our wildest comprehension in this room. Some people in this room have deep, deep father wounds. Others in this room, you've grown up, and you've had a really strong role of a father in your life. Uh, I I just want you to know, uh, I want to address some of that today. Some of you are being single mom, father role to your kids, and we applaud you and honor you on a day like today. But the ultimate objective in everything that we can talk about is to get our lives and our children's lives and those around us to look to God as our heavenly father. God is not some impersonal force. God is our father. Father. So today we're going to talk about the Father's transforming love. And I have to say, um, I'm incredibly humbled that I get to be the designated person in our household that actually carries the same title as God in the realm of Father. Think about what I just said. I'm incredibly humbled that God has chosen to share that title in our family I'm the designated guy. Like, I get to be a father to Lexi and a father to Faith. And all of us should take very seriously when God positions us to share that title. All of us men, I'm talking to you men, men of God. I want to just command strength and life and grace, the church will become more of what God's called the church to be if the men of God will find their place and know who they are in Christ we need to to find that that place. This last Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., we came in here for prayer and and one of the ladies came up to me and she just said, oh, I just love it. There's so many men come to pray at our church. There's something uh, that is significant about our role. I'm not in any way minimizing anybody else's role. Don't, Don't move into a mindset of reaction where you can't embrace a reality that God's desiring for us to know. I'm saying to the men of God in this place, rise up and become everything God's called you to become. We're counting on you. It's time to step into another dimension of what God's called us to as a church family overall. But what we need to understand and recognize is I'm not just talking about a natural role of fathering, nor am I talking about a natural role of mothering, but I'm talking about a supernatural role in both of those dynamics. I'm speaking to fathers and mothers in the way I want to bring this today because. Uh, it's interesting to me when we start to look at all the deficiency that can exist in a society actually can be remedied if some people will step up and become fathers and mothers in the lives of those around them, whether they're nat- their natural children or not. I was incredibly impacted uh, by people's lives around me that weren't my dad when my dad wasn't there. Yeah, And, and, and I, I honor my dad, and I celebrate with him. He's probably online with us right now. He's out of town, normally attends our church and, and serves the Lord. And, uh, and, and I'm so thankful for, for his example now, having become a Christian as an adult. But I didn't grow up with a Christian dad. I didn't grow up as a child with a dad who ever prayed for me. I didn't grow up with a dad who ever told me about the love or the life or the grace of Jesus. I didn't have that growing up. But my children did. I want you to put the pieces together of what I'm saying. My children grew up knowing that God loved them because their father told them that. My children grew up hearing the voice of their father praying for them. I didn't have that. My children grew up with the father telling them it's pretty important that we're a part of the body of Christ. I didn't have that. You know what I'm trying to say to you today? Even if the world didn't give it to you, you can still give it to somebody else by the power of God Almighty. You don't have to let any deficiency in your life ever create dysfunction. If you will recognize God as a father to the fatherless, you can give what you never had. It's a beautiful reality when we start to understand the significance of what I'm talking about. And so let's just see the power of the Father's transforming love that can actually happen in someone's life. And I want to take you to Luke chapter 15. And I want you to hear this before I even tell you what this is. Listen to the opening of this. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. This text is commonly called the parable of the prodigal son. But I want to tell you, it is not the parable of the prodigal son. It is the story of two sons. And Jesus never says, I'm going to tell you the parable of the prodigal son. He's telling us a story of two sons. And listen, both sons' roles are important. And in fact, there are more people mentioned in the story that are utterly significant. And what we've done over the course of time is we've isolated this text to be a story of a specific character in the picture, and we've missed something incredibly valuable that I believe God wants to open up to us today. So see this, the repentant son in Luke chapter 15, verse 22, this is where the uh, he's now come back and he said, I'm sorry, he is the prodigal son, the wayward son, he's come home, thank God, he came to his his senses and he came back he wasn't even wanting to come back and be a son he said I'll come back and just be a servant I know I'm not worthy of being a son anymore some of us in the room feel exactly what I'm talking about but he is your father, and he wants you to be redeemed and restored to a place of his son or daughter so that you can truly become everything he's called you to become. Now, I want you to see how the father goes about bringing this wayward son into the community of redemption, which I am so thankful we possess in many respects. Luke 15, 22, Father, uh, The father said to the servants, Quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. This is a really significant verse of scripture. We could go into a lot of conversation here, but I want to point out this very simple thing. The son was repentant coming to the father, and the father did not deal with the restoration and redemption of his son alone. What did he say? He spoke to the community that was surrounding the son and said, get the robe, put the robe on him, get the ring. But did the father put the robe on him? No. Did the father put the ring on him? No. The community of redemption, that's what the father was doing here, was trying to explain and teach when somebody wakes up in a place of their sin, they need a redemption setting or context of a community, of a family who understands what it is to be completely restored into the father's love this is not just the father and I this is us people this is us as a family we all make mistakes and we all need redemption and we all are so deeply grateful for the grace of God redemption is not just about repentance to the father but it's about restoration through community and family and if you don't find that you'll always live in a framework of condemnation and shame And the father went to great lengths to break the shame off of his son, not just by redeeming, restoring, and forgiving him, but by leading this community of people around him into what it was to have a mindset to receive him back into a deep place of connection. It was important for the entire community to take on the mindset of reconciliation so that shame on the life of the son was broken off. He was broken and he was repentant. How many of you ever made a mistake and your heart was hard? And you kind of live there for a little while. Can I just see? I mean like, I, I just, you, you, you bristle up against the things of God. And then something happens, not on the outside, on the inside. God's just doing a work. And then he softens you on the inside. And that bristling just starts to be minimized. And you, you just start to be more responsive to what God is desiring to say. And listen, when somebody does respond to a softening of their heart by the hand of God, what they don't need is a lecture. What they don't need is a sermon. What they don't need is our judgmental reactions are whispering in the corner behind them. They need us as a community to provide them with support and structure and love and embrace and compassion and understanding. How many know we've all been there? And for people to understand that we can relate and identify, it's a really important part of their finding a great source of strength and walk as sons and daughters of God. So here's the father going out into the field to welcome the prodigal son back, but did you know he actually went out into the field twice? He went out the first time to welcome the prodigal son back, and then he went out a second time to have a conversation with the angry brother who was mad because the prodigal son came back and found grace. So let's read this. Verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never even gave a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. He's basically saying, I have been religiously awesome. (laughs) Look at my self-righteousness. Aren't you impressed? This, this is speaking of the church. Do you understand the older brother speaks of the church? Speaks of the church, then we kind of pinch our nose at the loss when they find their way in. Oh. Sometimes I stand up here and things start firing in my brain, and I'm just reluctant. Is this the Lord or is this just me? But I'm just going to tell you. A few months back, an openly gay couple started attending our church. And not everybody handled that really well. And so I asked them, could we have a meeting? And they came back into my office one day, and I said, I want to tell you that my goal as a pastor is to lead a church family in loving you too well. Now, the older brother would not like this conversation. He'd be out in the field angry. But I said, I want us to love you well. And then I said, how do we do that? Because doctrinally, we have a problem. And your level of involvement because of your lifestyle and choices... That's difficult. It's, I'm trying to sort through this. And I said, if you could be patient with me as we navigate through this, I would really appreciate it. And I'll be patient with you and, and we'll learn from each other and we'll grow. How many of you know the church would actually be a whole lot better at reaching lost people if we would take more of that approach? It's beautiful, isn't it? We all celebrate and applaud. And then they go and put on their Facebook page, just met with Pastor Lawrence. Man, we're so excited about our new church. We're so excited about stepping in this new season of our lives. And people in our church got upset. Because what? Our pastor had a meeting with them. We had, we had one family leave our church. I'm just going to tell you one very important principle. Destiny Church family. If you have any question at all, the wrong thing for you to do is to get sideways and allow the enemy to have entrance in your life. If you have a question, don't ask somebody else. Come ask me. If you have a question, somebody has offended you, don't ask somebody else. Don't get on Facebook and say, I know, I'm just asking for prayer. No, you're just cooperating with demonic agendas of divisive nonsense. That's what you're doing. Talking to our online community and talking to our in in the building community, Uh, And I just want to say, we must grow up in this next season of the church and be more mature and more responsible than that. Angry brother out in the field. And the father goes out into the field and says, look, all... uh, the, the the son is, is yelling at him and he's saying this is important verse 30. He said, you know, he's saying, You didn't give me a goat, my friends, we didn't have a party. Verse 30, he said, but when this son of yours, whose child is this, whose family member is this, this son of yours, whose brother is it? No, he's not my brother, he's your son. He's like, that's your mama's, you know, your mama's offspring or something. I don't know. There's a little, little dissension here. This son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. You kill the fattened calf for him. And my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, he turned it back to him. Isn't that great? Stop talking about this son of mine, let's redeem this brother of yours. Do you hear the essence of leading the community to become a community of redemption and embracing the lost so they can be delivered from their sin and step into a place of sonship and experience the righteousness of God that will transform everything about their life and produce a legacy that is the expression of the grace of God and the kingdom of God. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again and he is lost and is found. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Your last blank. The Father's love will transform your perspective from anger and resentment rooted in pain to love and forgiveness rooted in grace the father's transforming love I do want you to know we don't have this all figured out I do want you to know we're exploring we're asking questions and when we come face to face with a situation that's complicated and difficult in the day in which we live we will not grow isolated to become more of a sub-community Christian culture that's isolated away from the real problems and issues of the world we're going to engage we're going to ask questions we're going to learn we will never compromise. The Word of God is the source of truth, and Jesus is Lord. That will never be a question. Let, let it just be a line in the sand that you clearly understand. Our church family has no question the Word of God is truth, and we stand behind the Word of God. But you have to recognize and understand, this is where I'm going to go a little bit uh, next week. Jesus was not crucified because he loved the poor Jesus was crucified because he was politically incorrect and unbending when it came to the truth you and I can be unbending without being unloving or unkind and that's what we have to learn to do as the church in the world that we live in today come on let's just stand together The Father's love will transform your perspective from anger and resentment rooted in pain to love and forgiveness rooted in grace. I really believe in the power of God's Word, and I want to ask you this week to read Luke chapter 15 and just ask the Lord to show you some more insights out of this particular chapter. There's so much we could have talked about. The robe is very significant. The ring is very significant. The sandals are very significant. It doesn't take much (laughs) to really explore some of these insights. It just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of just alone with God, allowing him to speak some things to you. So this week, I want to just invite you. The presence of the Father is going to be significant in our lives. How many of you believe that? I believe that we're going to experience the presence of God this week in a remarkable and unusual way I believe a week from today We're going to be talking about how we experience the presence of God in remarkable and significant ways I'm just trying to stimulate your faith because by faith all things become possible And I mean when you begin to activate something with your faith things begin to be transformed That's what we have to have taking place in the world in which we live so I want to ask you to read the story of the two sons in Luke 15 and just ask the Lord to give you greater insight so two questions I have for you I just really asked the Lord okay I see how this is all going to go down it's kind of gone down about the way I thought it was going to and looking over the message and and I just felt the Lord was just saying come to this moment and ask two questions two simple questions one are you the prodigal son or daughter who needs to repent and return to your father God and the second question is are you the angry one who needs to forgive and become gracious toward others who are on this journey of feeling a sense of being drawn by God so just reflect on those with me for a moment is there an area or areas in your life you feel like that prodigal son? I just know the Lord wants to deal with me in this particular area. I I, I feel, in a sense, with 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 some clear communication here. I want to make sure you understand. I'm saying you've strayed from God in a specific area of your life, and you need to return to Him. I'm gonna ask if you're online and that's you. I want you to make a comment or. Send a message, so that we can pray for you. I'm asking if you're in this room. Would you just lift your hand if that's you? I've strayed from God, and I'm just asking Him, uh, help me return. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Just I'm just going to respond, and I've strayed from God. I want to step back into that place of the Father. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Just quickly, we just want to respond to Him. It's a beautiful moment where God just receives us back, and then we, as a community of redemption. Find that embrace together. Are you the angry individual? This shows up in a lot of different ways. But just listen to the Lord right now. Are there are areas in your life you find yourself being judgmental more than loving. Then would you just lift your hands? We're just going to ask the Lord to replenish and restore us. Just hold them up there, all across this place. Lord, we find ourselves in many respects being more judgmental at times than we are loving. We know that's not the character of God. We know that truth will never change. But love will always prevail. We can be unbending without being unloving. And I pray that you would teach us how to walk that out. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are the Savior of the world. You came, you lived, you died, you're risen from the grave. We need you as our Savior. We desire to walk with you as our Lord. Teach us your ways, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus come on if you agree with that prayer of salvation and Lordship why don't you say amen real loud amen Amen. Lord we want to press into you explore and experience the goodness of God that that might become the expression of our lives in Jesus mighty name thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit